Welcome to the Recess Nurse Podcast. Elevating emergency nursing, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Recess Nurse Podcast 2018. So two quick things before today's episode. The first, thank you so much for all of the amazing support since the launch of Recess Nurse in June 2017. It's been overwhelmingly positive and I'm super, super, super appreciative. For 2018, I'm also going to be adding episodes regarding wellness and emergency medicine. I've benefited from it as a person and as a clinician, uh, especially studying this in the past few years, and I think you will too. So to launch 2018, I have an amazing guest, Dr. Arlene Chung, and she is a champion on wellness in emergency medicine. We've created a contest for Recess Nurse listeners, so listen to the episode and find out the details. So now on to the episode. Hi, Arlene. Hi, Yancy. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me here. So why don't you tell the podcast listeners who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Arlene Chung, and I'm currently an associate residency director at Mount Sinai in New York City. I also do a lot of wellness-related things, both locally and nationally. So I'm the current chair-elect for the ASAP Wellness section. I am the founding chair of the Cord Resilience Committee, and I'm also the chief strategy officer for the Academic Life and Emergency Medicine Wellness Think Tank. In addition, and I think the reason why you've invited me on your show today is that I'm one of the founders of Airway, True Stories from the Emergency Room, which is a storytelling uh, organization based in New York City. You have an incredible resume, um, but the reason why you are here is because of Airway. I got really interested in Airway when I first heard about it because, you know, throughout our lives in children's books or, you know, a lot of, you know, some of these movies, there's always some sort of a lesson, something, you know, that a child maybe can develop oneself and improve and just kind of work on their morals, ethics, and some sort of personal growth. And with Airway, um, this is similar to personal growth in the medicine world, which we don't talk about. We just don't do it. And we see such trauma and there's, you know, like PTSD and just burnout and just how do you function in the long term in this type of setting? And I think Airway, Airway is one of those methods that can help you just have some sort of cathartic release. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned childhood because, you know, storytelling is pretty much as old as we are. I mean, it was our most basic form of communication that we had well before written language. It's how we communicated culture. It's how we communicated values. It's how we communicated all sorts of things, not just, you know, between individuals, but as a group of people living together and working together and surviving together. Yeah. And um, speaking of uh, oral storytelling, um, you know, as much as I love technology, hence, you know, using this podcast, um, there is some sort of a lack of human interaction. And I think that storytelling, um, you know, whether you hear it through a podcast or maybe even better, you're able to attend some sort of a live event, there's there's this palpable energy in a room that 
um, that you get from somebody, or maybe you get a story from your patient, um, just getting a history and you can't get that feeling, um, through, I don't know, a Buzzfeed personality test or something. Um, or I don't know, I've never been to a Tony Robbins event, but, uh, maybe there is some palpable energy in there, um, that people, uh, are attracted to, but I think, um, going back to airway, um, so you want to talk about airway a little bit more and how this got started? Sure. Happy to. So it's interesting. You know, I'm going to have to spend a little bit of time just talking about the name itself. Uh, way back when, when we first conceived of this idea, we were trying to come up with snazzy names for it. And the original way back when title that we used was The Medical Moth. But we quickly realized that we were probably going to get into some trouble with the actual moth if we continued to use that name. And so we threw around names like The Central Line and other types of stuff. And then Airway we settled on because we thought it was a super clever pun. You know, Airway, stories coming from your Airway and all sorts of stuff. But subsequently, we didn't anticipate this, but we realized that a lot of people, when they first hear about it, kind of think that the stories are just about Airway management which is certainly not true in the same way that the moth is not just about flying bugs at night. Uh, it started about 2015. I was working at Maimonides at the time, and I remember being on shift with Joshua Schiller, who was also an attending at the time. And we were just talking about how it would be absolutely amazing if we had something like the moth, some kind of venue where healthcare providers could get together and just share all of the experiences that we don't get a chance to in everyday life on everyday shifts. Now, that's our original origin story. If you ask some of the other members, so for example, Mert Ergel from Downstate originally, he'll say that he's been doing this for years with his medical students. But regardless, we ended up having our first event, I believe, in May of 2015. And it was a complete, I mean, we had no idea what was going to happen. And it was a complete success. And buoyed by that success, we went on to do more events in New York City. And now we've been doing events across the country and we're branching out into creating a story repository on our website. Really amazing. Um, I happen to be a huge moth uh, fan. And um, so the site is airwaystories.org. All the information will be on the show notes. Um, but do you have a favorite story that kind of came up? There are a few stories that are on the website. I will tell you, we also have a few stories in our back pockets that we're planning on releasing over the next few months. But my favorite story continues to be one of the first stories that was told, and that is Grace Glassman's story. And I cry every time that I hear it. I actually remember she was in my apartment for the recording that's on our site. And I remember listening to her tell the story and I was just like sobbing in the background trying to stay quiet because I didn't want to screw up the recording. But it's such a heartfelt true, true account of, you know, what it's like to be on both sides, right? To be both a healthcare provider and to be a patient. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about her story, just so listeners have an idea? Um, I, I actually listened to this story on my way to work, going into an ER shift, and that was a big mistake. Um, thankfully, I live in New York City and I was taking the subway public transportation. So I was not driving. Um, I think if I was driving, there might have been an accident because there were so many tears just streaming through. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that 
uh, some of the other subway riders thought I was crazy because it's about like 6.15 in the morning. I'm bawling my eyes out, walking to work and still crying. Um, do you want to talk a little, um, maybe just have like a brief, brief synopsis of Grace Glassman's story? So Grace is a fantastic storyteller and she's an extremely compassionate and thoughtful individual. She tells this story about when she was pregnant with her last child and going into childbirth and the complications associated with her labor. And I think the reasons that the story is so amazing and it touches everybody who listens to it is because, you know, she really gets at the emotions and the thoughts that she was feeling at the time. And it's about certainly about love. It's about loss and it's about loss of control and then how to recover from all those things and realize, you know, the, the things that are really important to you that are family and are the people that are close to you. So I highly encourage all of you to go listen to it. Yeah. And I mean, that's just, just to give you a little bit of an idea, um, Grace Glassman, um, her story has to do with having, um, I think it was like her four, third, no, her third, um, pregnancy. And she was, it's about her childbirth story. And she ended up having DIC just hours after her childbirth. Um, but what was incredible was just her, recollection in such detail of how, um, how it all went down. And, um, you know, it, it was not only did, was she on the other side as a patient, but she, um, she almost didn't make it and, and she did. Now here's an excerpt of Grace's story from Airway. And in an effort to break the sickening heaviness of the room, I said, Dr. P., don't you hate it when you get signed out a train wreck? Finally, Dr. P says to me, we've tried everything. We have to go back to the OR. I started to feel bad, overwhelmingly nauseous and weak. I needed the head of the bed down. And I knew if there was any chance of turning me around, it would have to happen right away. And they started running me to the OR, but they let me say goodbye to my husband one last time. He held my hand and we looked at each other and he kissed me on the forehead. And I said, I'm really sorry for this. I love you. And tell the kids I love them so much. And please take care of them. So I felt gray and empty inside at that time. And I knew how precarious I was. This must be that feeling I thought when life is escaping you. And I thought, they really need to hurry. My OB was running next to me at that point, And I reached for her and I said, Dr. P, you have to save me. Not for me, but for my three little kids and my husband. They need me. And I noticed that she had tears in her eyes. And they raced me to the OR. And in a strangely cinematic moment, they began to put that mask over my face to put me out, but I waved it away for a moment to say to everyone in the room, loudly and clearly, please, everyone, do your best, not for me, but for my babies. And in the end, I got 19 units of blood and all the other components of a massive transfusion protocol. My estimated blood loss that day was about six liters, uh, almost twice the blood volume of an average woman. So, so one of the reasons why I love 
airway because, um, you know, like Dr. Glassman's story, they're really personal. And some of them really raises questions like um, there's a story about, you know, VIP patients. Are they really getting better care um, or are you making decisions because someone is VIP and you wouldn't normally do that uh, for another patient? Um, and, you know, makes us want to do a little bit better as uh, healthcare providers. And I think also it acknowledges um, failures within ourselves, um, and which, you know, is a little bit of a stigma in medicine, but I think it, it's necessary for, for growth, um, for personal growth, career growth, and also, um, growth in healthcare, um, because you can't, we're not going to be able to improve healthcare without that. Uh, recently you've opened up airway, uh, stories and events, uh, to people who are outside of, uh, doctors in emergency medicine. I mean, certainly the event has never been closed, although in the past we've targeted mostly residents in the New York City area and then residents across the country. But, you know, we've had all kinds of people show up at our at our live events. I remember we've had we've had pathologists, we've had dermatologists, we've had medical students, we've had students from other disciplines, we've had pre-hospital providers show and they don't always come up and tell stories but sometimes when they do, they're the most insightful and interesting ones that we get for the evening. I think that, you know, we are not, you know, certainly we don't stand alone in healthcare. And I think a lot of the the joy and the really the wonderful qualities that Airway does is it brings us all together as one community. Yeah. Do you have um, a favorite story that you want to tell? On the air? Can I tell you, this is a, this is a secret among uh, the, I guess the now seven of us who run Airway. I very rarely tell stories at the live events. This is this has been an ongoing, ongoing running joke between the seven of us. Well, you must have a story. Oh my god, you're actually going to ask me to tell a story? <laughs> I don't. I like have no good stories. I love. I love the idea of storytelling and I believe in it so much and its mission, but I am not by any means a good storyteller. It's like really sort of hilarious. I'll write stories, but I don't tell stories. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to have you come back onto the show and you'll have a story prepared. <laughs> um, I think one of the, you know, I really do think one of the most powerful things that comes out of this is, and this comes you know, this becomes more obvious on the live events, but certainly listening to stories as well, is I think there's something very powerful in listening to somebody, watching to, watching somebody or listening to somebody tell a story. And you've never met this person. You don't know who they are. You don't know their background. And yet when they tell their story, you think to yourself, oh my God, I know that story. I know that story because that's my story. And I've lived that before. And I think there is something amazing in that connection that we create when we tell stories with each other. As you said, Yancy, to acknowledge both the tremendous you know, power that we have in medicine to give life and to give back to our community, but also to acknowledge our failures and that we are just human. Right. Um, I just want to add, there was a, one of the stories on the Airway site was from a doctor named Dorian Alexander. and. Uh, long story short, basically, he's a critically uh, trained doctor. And there was just like a really bad traumatic case that came in. And it was like a husband wife. Uh, the wife was the one who was really sick. And he, he, you know, he went through everything, 
patient made it to the OR. Um, somebody, somebody had asked him uh, a question and instead of just, you know, maybe like what would quote unquote be a normal response um, would be like, you know, I, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to do everything. You know, we're doing everything we can. Um, he just started laughing and he recognized that he's like, I don't know why, but I just could not stop laughing. Um, and at the, at the end of his story, he asked himself, he said, am I a sociopath? And, um, and then he went home and took the test. And I was thinking, you know, I laugh a lot when I'm on shift because it's kind of like the only way that I can, uh, sometimes just deal with some of the ridiculous things that come into an emergency department. And, um, and now, you know, I'm kind of curious as to what the test results are, but I think we'll, we'll just leave that, you know, we'll just leave it as like a rhetorical question. But, um, but I think we all have a little bit of that in ourselves because we're so trained to kind of be detached and maybe we need to be more attached to um, some of our patients. You know, you, you bring up an, an interesting point that reminds me that a lot of these stories that we tell are for each other. You, you can tell stories for other people. And I think venues like The Moth and This American Life, they tell stories for the lay public and so that other people get kind of a view into this world that we live in. But I think that a lot of the stories that we're talking about, we tell for each other. We tell for each other that may have some inside jokes and just things that other people aren't going to understand, like laughing in such a serious situation. And other people aren't going to understand it, but those of us that listen to that story, we get it because we've probably been there too. Yeah. And it's nice to have this, um, you know, out there in the public. Um, and, you know, I mean, we all love getting drinks afterwards and this is what we end up doing. Um, but this is a great way of sharing and also to kind of disseminate a little bit of knowledge and uh, um, passing it on. So I'm also going to just put a plug in that this is not, I mean, Airway, at least the, as far as the events go, it's not a new idea. And one of the things that we really try to do is to spread the power of storytelling to other people. We don't necessarily claim to have exclusivity over this idea. And in fact, it's a fairly easy thing to set up. So for those of you who are listening out there, if you ever want to do a similar event on your own, all you really need is a private space. It can be in someone's home or it can be out at a restaurant or a rented room at a bar and you get a bunch of people together. They can be from your department. They can be in your local network, in your region, and you get them together for a night and spend a few hours just swapping stories with each other. Typically, we actually don't, we don't really solicit stories ahead of time. We do try, you know, we do put out a plug and if people are interested in submitting, we give them an opportunity to send them, send us their recordings and we can give them feedback. But a lot of our events are truly open mic style where people just feel moved by the environment and they get up and they tell that story. That's their story that they tell. And, you know, it's super easy to do. You can do it low budget. You can choose to record it to share for later, or oftentimes you don't have to. And I think it creates a safe space that can be replicated both in large groups and small groups. So Arlene, you have an upcoming event, right? Well, we have one in the works and the date is tentatively set for March 27th in New York City. Further details will be coming on the website. So stay tuned. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really exciting to be on your podcast. Arlene and I are so excited to hear your story. Send us a pitch to info at resusnurse.com. It can be written in audio or video format. Just keep it under five minutes. 
write your real name and email address so we can contact you. The deadline is May 31st, 2018. We'll pick our favorites and come back in a future episode. The Airway event is happening on Tuesday, March 27th at 7 p.m. in New York City. So if you're around, stop by at B-Bar at 4th and Bowery. I hope to see you there. You've just listened to an episode of the Recess Nurse Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Yunsi Dursa. Check out the website, recessnurse.com, for show notes, a place to leave your comments, and start a conversation. You can also follow me on iTunes, Twitter, and Facebook. 